Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, powered by ELEC825. We are thrilled to join you on WWDB 860 AM and 97.5 HD2, part of the Beasley Media Group, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. I am here with Jeff Cohen, who it appears has still not recovered from his uh, days away celebrating what is now a national championship. Not as young as you were, Jeff. I can't believe that we don't have Hail to the Victors playing at the beginning. Of oh, the I'm intentionally not doing that. That's for, just not for happening. what seven years now. Uh, this was the moment. Have we not given enough earned. love to Michigan on this show in seven years that yeah. I have to play nope. that song now? No, nope. that, nope. that really not enough. <laughs> okay, all right. So when Rutgers wins a national title, we won't play that. Uh, we won't play Rutgers fights. No, either, I, I so. look if that happens. <laughs> I, well, I, I think the other problem is we can't get to work because hell will have frozen over. Don't you think? <laughs> so tell you know, me. we haven't had we haven't had snow in a couple of years now. There's a chance of it next week. Maybe that means Rutgers is on its way. There we go. Well, we'll all get snowed in when that happens. So tell me about it. I mean, I saw some pictures. I didn't hear from you much while you were out there. I figured you were busy and, and nervous. And uh, what was it Who like? Me? Yeah, you. You turn into me when it comes to Michigan games. No, no. The thing is, normally I don't because I have such a pessimistic attitude. It's it's you just wait for the anvil to drop. And, and, and I got to tell you, like there were points during that game where and that's the thing about sports, right? It is you don't know what's going to happen. So you can go, there was a point in the first quarter when they go up 17 to three that I looked at somebody and said, so this is what it feels like to be Georgia. I was going to text you <laughs> at that point because you've been clamoring for a blowout and how good they are to watch. And I was, I was going to text you and then I was like, you know what? I am not going to jinx that. And Michigan went 40 minutes between scoring touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, then Jim Harbaugh did a Jim Harbaugh thing, which is you went for it on fourth down, which gave them a chance to get the ball. And then it's 17 to 10 with them getting the ball with Washington getting the ball to start the second half. And and so, what was your feel at that moment? And what was the feel of the stadium? Tense. Tense. I, I, I can tell you that's the loudest I've ever been at for any sporting event ever. And you've been uh, to of a over 500 sporting events. I can tell you, I have never heard. And, and it was in a dome. I don't see a lot of games in a dome, but it was loud. And it wasn't just Michigan. It was, it was Washington. It was just loud. The, the weird thing about going to a bowl game is that every play is loud because half the stadium, in this case, probably it was probably 70, 30, but half the stadium were close to it is always cheering no matter what happens in the game, because you have so many fans from each team there. There is no, it's not a home game for anybody. So it's just loud and it's exhausting. And there's no time to sit except for the three minute timeouts that they have. I don't know what it's like on TV. What, if you were watching it, I don't know what it was like to watch it on television. But when they sit there and they have a guy who walks out on the field with a giant digital sign that tells you you have two minutes and 50 seconds <laughs> to do nothing. <laughs> you just sit there and go, what is going on here? And, and, and then you get to halftime and all you want to do is get to the second half. And the guy holds up a digital clock that says 22 minutes. You're like, what's going on? <laughs> I've never seen that before. So that's how they handle the breaks for everything. Look, I mean, you guys did exactly what we talked about with Leroy. You dominated the running game. I mean, Donovan Edwards was beast to start that game he had 
two rushes for 87 yards and two touchdowns. Donovan Edwards has a knack for the big game. He, he did not have a great season, but he was behind one of the greatest running backs in the history of the school in Blake Corum. Um, but last year, what did Donovan Edwards do? He had an amazing game against Ohio State, and now he's in the national championship and two of his first three touches. He runs for 40 plus yard touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, you had between him and Blake Corum, you guys really were able to control the ball and bleed the clock. Washington did get the ball, but I mean, the Huskies entered the game with 89 plays of at least 20 yards this season. They had one. Uh, your secondary, you had talked about that again with Leroy. You you had the long return that I mean, the stadium looked like it was going nuts for that. Tell me what was that? What that was like? Oh, the Mike Sandristel's the yeah. interception return. Well, well, that's when you kind of started to go. Okay, th- this is really going to happen. Is that there the moment a, you believed? Yes. Okay. Before before that, it was my belief was this is going to end the way a Michigan game usually ends in a big game. This is going to be like TCU last year. If you're just going to sit there and go, oh, really? How did this happen? And and people thought it was going to overtime. When we got to the end of the third quarter, it was, it was pretty much assured by most people in that stadium that there was going to be an overtime to be had. And I don't know how many people would have been carted off <laughs> in the stands if they would have went to overtime. Look, they almost had to cart off Michael Penix Jr. I mean, he was getting beat up by your defense. He, I mean, he's holding on to his side as he's throwing the ball, trying to do something at the end of the game. I mean, very tough out there. But what was that moment? Michigan, Michigan had a great game plan. It didn't, when you're watching it there, again, don't know what it looked like on TV. But when you're watching it there, it seemed like Washington was doing more than they were actually doing. Penix was still completing passes. The problem for them was those passes, as you pointed out, were very short passes. So they actually had better time of possession. So if you're in the stand and you're standing up and you're tired <laughs> and you're sitting there going, well, he just seems to complete whatever he wants. And he is an incredibly accurate passer. And then you realize they're not even getting first downs. He could, he could throw three completions in a row and they're not getting a first down because Michigan's tackling was so good. If, if just one or two of those tackles get broken, Washington's ahead in the third quarter. Yeah, look, I mean, the game was closer than it felt at the end. What was that moment like? Whistle blows. You start to see the Michigan color confetti. You sent me two pictures, one of you with a friend, one of just the field from your seats with the confetti coming down. Uh, I have no idea what that moment is like. I mean, the Eagles did it with the Super Bowl. That's the closest I have. I don't have that with a, a college team or anything. What's that like for a team that you've followed for your life. It's like nothing I've ever experienced in a sporting event. I mean, it's, I've been to a national championship where they lost, which was in basketball. Um, I've been to a world series that the Phillies won in 2008, but when college is different, I mean, you know that when you go to college that you have an investment in it, unlike anything, even if you've grown up from the moment you can remember rooting for a sports team. And, and it's just all of a sudden, like, that's it. It's done. Like, everything can be forgiven. He, even even all the stuff that I've complained about with Harbaugh, it's, he still annoys me. But it was like, okay, you did your job. We're good. 
it's peaceful. Did, did that all make the walk out of there worth it and the lack of ability for people to get around? Yeah, Houston, Houston <laughs> is not equipped to handle this kind of event. Uh, the, the airports were a mess. Now, granted, there was there was bad weather, but the, to get two hours to get out of the Uber area at the airport, not good. Everybody, for the most part, was taking mass transportation, which isn't great in Houston. And after the game, we just had to walk two miles in the middle of the night because <laughs> you weren't getting a cab or an Uber. Good thing you were all hopped up on a but, national but title. But it, it was a much better walk for us than it was the Washington. I was going to say, you guys are probably like all like singing and chanting as you're walking and the Washington fans are sulking as they're going. Oh, and, and and by the way, to, to the United pilot who decided to start uh, playing the Michigan fight song. He's better than your co-host, apparently. Kudos. Yeah. <laughs> He's better than me. He was prepared for you all. It was it was a highly rated game though in in, in your in your land of ratings. So it it was nineteen million. Uh, so it was huge for the championship, but actually the Rose Bowl had bigger, bigger ratings that right. had 27 million or as i like to call it now nick saban's retirement game yes <laughs> uh, you know what the, f the fact that i get i get to say for the rest of my life that we drove nick saban out of coaching tell yourself I'm that good with that <laughs> tell your tell yourself that he that, that's definitely the only reason he left because because <laughs> of michigan well i mean let's look let's move on to that i mean there have been huge names in pro and college coaching gone this week you well look we talked to Leroy last week and what did he say his coaches in in, in Cleveland were Nick Saban and Bill Belichick yeah. both of them retired within 24 hours well not retired because Belichick hasn't retired but both of them have left their positions within 24 hours of each other and then with them Pete Carroll gets removed from his position a lot of movement in the NFL. Let's Mike Vrabel, to me, was probably the most surprising one. Pete Carroll was a surprise to me. Mike Vrabel is a really good coach who has nothing to work with. No, not at all. I mean, look, they, they traded A.J. Brown to us. <laughs> I don't know what they expected out of that. What's your thoughts on... I mean, I'd hate to look. I still think Harbaugh is going to the NFL, by the way. I think he won mm -hmm. your title. I think he's going. There's what, like nine openings potentially right now. I mean, yeah. OK, but uh, yes. And I get it. And I do think he, I do think you're right that he's going. I've always believed that he's had this itch to come back and, and to win a Super Bowl. And now he can come back and try to be one of the only coaches at ever i don't actually i don't even know if a coach has ever done it i guess Pete carroll right national championship and super bowl yeah is he the only one i don't know we'd have to look back at that yeah so so i guess it. harbaugh can try to scratch that itch but if you're jim harbaugh despite what the ncaa is trying to do you've now won a national title you're at your alma mater you have five kids or so that that live in that area um you have a $125 million offer on the table and get to live in one of the most livable cities in, in America. And, and and you get to walk around and people just ooh and ah. Never have to buy yourself a drink again. Well, well, yeah, well, you know, and, and by the way, he's going to get more than 100. If he were to stay at Michigan, the 125 isn't enough because there are, there are rumors, I don't know if they're true, but that there are big boosters, including Stephen Ross, who are doing their best. You guys raised a lot of NIL money during that week to the championship. I saw a bunch of those asks going out. And by the way, to your question, 
Uh, there are three coaches that have won a Super Bowl and a national Ooh. championship. Who are the other two? Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer. Oh. Uh, you never would have guessed Barry Switzer. Jimmy no. Johnson. No, no, actually, I would have gotten Barry. I, I would have gotten Barry Switzer before I would have gotten Jimmy Johnson. How about that crack research while you're talking? Well you done. Give it out there. What do you think? So is, the coaching carousel has started. What do you and, think is the most attractive? And, and, and interestingly, I woke up this morning to to our local paper to to see stories already that is Nick Sirianni coaching for his job. You surprised? You were asking about it last week. In Philadelphia? Week. No, I'm not surprised at anything. Uh, Nick Sirianni last year was, you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread. And in one season, everything's kind of just gone to bleep. Like, and, and you and you now have a quarterback who, if I read right, said yesterday that he hasn't thrown the ball, football since the Giants game. They shouldn't have been on the field last week. I still don't understand it Jeff I asked you it before the game this is not like a looking back I don't remember whether it was on the air or in our text messages I hate the MetLife turf I don't now I see why Rashad Penny has not been active because if you saw how he could not pick up a blitz that is why they have not put him on the field I have no yeah, but idea. What, okay you're right you're you're completely right that he should not have played why is he going around saying he hasn't thrown a football Honestly, their answers Why? to everything this week has driven me crazy. Whether it's Dallas Goddard talking about how they took a couple games off, whether it's the coach saying, well, if you look at these numbers, we're good. You've played terrible football. You pooped the bed on the way on the way home. You were 10-1, and right. one, and now you're limping into the playoffs. Now, I happen to think that Tampa Bay was a better matchup for them than the Rams or Green Bay, given the way that those quarterbacks have been playing. But, not, not if your quarterback can't throw a football. And not if your offensive Marcus line. Marcus Mariota ain't getting you very far. And not if your offensive line isn't picking up blitzes. And that's the problem is Todd Bowles has done that before. But if you look at it, when he's blitz, Jalen Hurts has been blitzed nearly four out of every 10 dropbacks. He's got a 62% percentage. When he's not blitzed, a 67% percentage. They just haven't been able to pick up the blitz. And now you've got A.J. Brown who went down on the turf in MetLife, I will say forever, you guys need to get rid of that. I know you're a Giants fan. I don't understand how your pl players play on that turf. I, I don't understand how anybody plays on any turf. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, you watch people you're, get You're playing on concrete. You watch people you're get hurt playing on, on concrete. And it just, so I mean, I, it, it's amazing because you know how the Eagles dominate this city. Mm -hmm. If a playoff game happened and nobody realized, did it happen? Because people are barely talking about the playoff game. They're talking about if and when the Eagles lose, will they make wholesale changes or just partial changes? That seems to be the conversation. It doesn't seem like there's what, a lot of but what confidence. Are the, but what are the wholesale changes that you would want to make? Obviously, the coordinators, but they've already tried doing that in the middle of the season. Well, and you see how poorly that worked out i mean i don't understand the what the defense I'm is awful but is it just watching... a scheme issue or 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 is it more is it's, it this it's everything they've had injuries but injuries are not the answer it's the scheme when hassan reddick is your best pass rusher you're dropping him back in coverage to have bared blitz from the secondary when it takes him six seconds to get there and you're dropping the guy on the line it, I am not a football player, Jeff, but that's dumb. 
It's not see, going see, there's break, to work. There's breaking news. <laughs> like, if you watch, you you watch the reviews. We of are these not things. football players. I mean, I've talked to you forever about the linebackers and not investing in the linebackers. There are running backs that are still running because the Eagles linebackers can't find them in the scheme. This team has seemingly lost the ability to tackle. It's just so kind is, of- so is the best case scenario for the Eagles a Sixers exit second round is that the best case scenario at this point That's the way it seems can, like can now. the can the eagles realistically beat the lions they were i a, think the answer is no they were it, can they realistically beat the cowboys or the 49ers i think the answer is realistically no they were a 10 and 1 team at one point in this season can they sure they can they have talent are they playing anywhere close to giving anybody confidence that they're even going to win in but, Tampa but, but i'm about to I'm about to give you a woe moment, okay? They were 10 and 1. They have since played, by my math, six more games. That means they haven't been good for a month and a half. Terrible. Not 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 good. Put it put it in that perspective. Not it's that- been over it's been close to 2 months since they've been the team that they were. Not not good. They've been bad. Like really bad not competitive games against not good teams that weren't even trying to win. I mean, why put your players out there if you're down 24 nothing and you're throwing Jalen Hurts back out there with two fingers that are going in the other direction? It I just don't get it. It, nothing I, about that I don't, game made I, I any don't get sense it except me. they they were desperately trying to get the two seed. Well, I think. I, I think that 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 would be the justification they would give. I just don't I just don't know how realistic it was. The Cowboys were playing garbage. They were playing the Commanders, whose whose motivation was to lose so that they could get the second pick of the draft. Look, I thought the Giants would try and lose for their draft pick. They ended up getting the picks anyway. Yeah, but the Giants can't do anything right, <laughs> including lose. I've been saying this for weeks now. The well, Giants. Can't even lose when it's to their benefit. I didn't even think the defense was bad, and now all of a sudden your defensive coordinator is gone. What the hell was that? I, I don't know. Apparently they, I, they didn't get along. Ev- everybody's got to make a move just for the sake of making move. Look at all the coaches that that are now out of a job because everybody wants to do whatever is better. And then you have an organization like the Steelers that has three coaches in a half a century. You're going to have basically 10 new coaches this year. Pete Carroll's mm-hmm. out, Brady's At least. out, Rivera's out, uh, right. the Falcons, New England. Arthur Smith is out. I guess he gets to go to Fed, back to FedEx. You had the four guys earlier, Ron Rivera, Reich, Staley, mm-hmm. McDaniels. I happen to think that Mike McCarthy is coaching for his job in Dallas because I think that Jerry Jones would get rid of him and try and bring in a Bill Belichick or somebody. Um, or, or just or just go for Dan Quinn. That too, because I mean, that's the, the challenge. He seems to have this love affair with Dan Quinn. And that's so, the challenge for these teams is their staffs are going to become desirable. The same thing that happened to the Eagles last year. And I don't think the Eagles have recovered from losing their coordinators. You see how important. Well, the same thing's going to happen to the Lions. Everybody apparently wants Ben Johnson. And Darren Glenn. Yeah, their defensive coordinator. I mean, they've they've played really good football. Well, le- less less so defensive coordinators because I think the 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 sexy thing to do if you're a team now is bring in a, a hot offensive coordinator who's going to put in this great offense. Defensive coordinators are not are not something that seems to be as coveted anymore. Do you have a Peacock subscription? 
No. Would you get one Saturday night to watch? I do. Of course I do. Come on. Well, I, th- doesn't it come with, if you have Xfinity, don't you just get it? Uh, I had gotten it separately, so I don't really know. I don't I don't think so. But would you get the subscription to watch Dolphins? Chiefs I'm not getting Saturday any more night? subscriptions for anything, period. Cause Sorry. That's, unless you're this in, is, that's a get off my lawn moment, if in, you want to call it. I, I've been cutting back on my, on my subscriptions. I pay so much for all these streaming services, and I, and I don't watch any of them. So unless you're in Miami or Casey's market, you won't be able to watch the game then. Which, by the way, it's going to be zero degrees with the wind chill of minus 30. Yeah. And, and again, we're supposed to get snow here next week, which would mean Rutgers is about to I would, I will believe be on the upside. snow when I see it. Uh, I mean, the ratings were huge this year again for the NFL. They're 93 of the top 100 programs for ratings. I mean, the NFL mm-hmm. is what it is. Are you excited for the playoffs? I mean, your team's not in it. My team, nobody seems to think has a chance. No, I'll, wa- I'll watch. Uh, I, there's there's not much to be excited about. I don't, I don't even know who my rooting interest would be in at this because that's what I do. It's, if I don't have a team, I got to find somebody that, that I actually want to win. Okay. You don't have who, who's the likable team this year that, that you want to win? It might actually be the team that I most wanted to lose the before the season started. Yeah. I have, I think knew, about, think about that. Because of Deshaun I, I Watson, can't. you wanted them to lose. And now because of Joe Flacco and how they've played, you want them to win. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, yeah. Is it that we've it, been doing it, a it show is, for a while? It is an amazing turnaround. Is it that we've been doing a show for a while that I know this about you? Or is it yeah. just that that's the... <laughs> that's, that, that's pretty impressive and scary at the same time. <laughs> it is. All right, let's leave the football there. We have Keith Pompey coming up at the top of the hour, basically. I need to talk some hockey with you, Jeff, because you were in Houston watching mm-hmm. a football game, and I saw a, an alert come across, and I, I thought I was reading... About the, about the guy you and I have been talking about who's had, who had a great juniors. I thought I was reading the wrong name or something confused me. Um, Cutter Gauthier is uh, no longer here. Uh, Cutter Gauthier is, is the new J.D. Drew. I guess. Yes. Uh, by the uh, way, he should it, not get is any, that a Is that a should, fair assessment? Yes, but he should not get death threats. And like people no, need no, to not no, take no, it no, too no, no, far, no, no, which no, he's getting. Of course not. Yeah, like, of and course I'm not, not saying that but, you said that, but like it, people are yeah. taking it too far. But yes, absolutely. He's the new J.D. Drew, the Scott Rowland, the... The, the guy that spurned the city and now all of a sudden. And I still don't understand it. This was a guy when he got drafted who seemed very excited to be here. Is this really about that his ego was that he wanted to go pro immediately? All Because nothing else makes sense. That's the only speculation. And I mean, I, it's funny. I paid closer attention to his comments at the Worlds afterwards. I don't know if you saw his, his comments. He said, I guess I this did. proves that I can play at this level. And so it's like, okay, uh, maybe that's what he wanted. Uh, the wait, fl- wait, 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 wait. How does it, what is it, how does it prove that he can play at what level? Cause he, at, at the level with, I don't know, whatever level it is. I He's guess in college. His He's arg- in the his junior. Arg- I think his argument is that he should have been with the big team this year. And apparently he's going to join Anaheim after Boston college season ends. And, after. And, but the flyers after. were not, the flyers were not going to have him join after the season ends. That's not their time frame. And I think, look, we're all speculating. Nobody knows. And he and his agent are not doing a good job, not talking about it when they talk about it. Um, I did see uh, Keith Jones the other day at an event, and, and he talked about it, and they've been pretty honest. He said he didn't want to be here. He did not meet with them. 
And they made a decision to get as much as they could at a time where they feel like he has the highest value that he will have coming off of the worlds. And so they I'm got- just I'm just curious, you, you know, that there are certain leagues that if you don't sign by a certain point, you go back into the draft. Yeah, is it, hockey it was, one of those. Yeah, so is at the, at the end of this season, no, he would have had to wait, I think, two years. But he could have gone I, back into I, the and I would have held on had to, to play. And that's the argument from people is you hold on to him and you force his hand. It seems like yeah. the Flyers decided they didn't want to play chicken with him. They've already got Mitchkov over and who knows what the Russian government does with that. So mm-hmm. they, it seems like they wanted to get an asset. And what they got was a guy who was sixth overall pick in 2020, a right-handed defensive shot. Uh, Jamie Drysdale, 21 years old was already playing up in the NHL with Anaheim. He's had some injuries that he's dealt with. He, he missed right. a lot of the past two seasons with shoulder injury and lower body issues. Uh, it looked very good in his first game. So can he stay healthy? I, they also got a second round pick about in 2025. And Jones did well, it, say... It's a good, it, it is a good move if, if it works out, if he can stay healthy, because what the Flyers, if the Flyers stick to their plan, they have tradable older assets right now. So as it gets close to the deadline, they have way too many defensemen right now. Now they can move so, a walk. Exactly. So you have like Drysdale now, you have Cam York, you you have Travis, you, you have a bunch of guys on this team that are younger hockey players that you can keep and not fall off a cliff if you trade the sealers of the world or walkers of the world, right? We'll have to get Adam Kimmelman back on them from NHL.com, who's covering a lot of the um, kind of the draft prospects because Keith said something interesting at this event I was at the other day. He was saying, because they got a second round pick in the 2025 draft, and he was saying how good people expect that draft to be. So, you know, they've got picks in 24. They've got two first rounders, I believe, going into this draft. But apparently it's the 25 draft that people in the NHL are looking forward to right now for the talent. How hard is it to be a scout in the NHL? Oh, because when you say when you say that you're talking about two years. OK, and two years when these are kids, they're 14, 15, 16 years old, a scout in the in, in the NFL has watched people in college Look, who are in their 20s I, I just don't know how you can tell i mean you can tell about hand but like connor bedard it apparently was very obvious but for most hockey players you don't know what their body's going to develop like there's you're you're in your developmental years physically so i don't get how they do that but i am impressed that they can do it when they do it well meanwhile the Flyers are still playing really good hockey on the ice and more yeah. people are coming to the games. You were there before you went to Houston. You were there for the last and it was a Saturday lot of fun. game. Yeah. And we were talking about you want the atmosphere back in the building. And I was texting you that it was coming across on TV how loud it was and how fun it sounded. And your response to me was it is. And that was our thing before the season. We wanted people to care about the Flyers again. It seems like they're starting to. It's not just about gritty right now. No, yeah, Gritty's Gritty's awesome. Even but, though but Gritty it's, showed it's up, not, and I sent a right, picture. Yeah, with Gritty. but it's but it's not about Gritty anymore. It, the, the hockey is good now. The hockey is fun to watch. They they have young players. They have it, it's an exciting brand of hockey. And for those in Philadelphia that still want fights, at least the one I was at, that hasn't gone away. Yeah, that was a chippy that, game that against was, that Calgary. Was, that, that was a game. Saw. I'm I'm sitting there going, what is going on? These two teams should not be fighting that much. This is not it like a, a an in-division rivalry that's going on right now. 
and for all this team's been terrible in overtime and shootouts in the past, they've gone to overtime 11 of their last 21 games. Urson's won five shootouts this season. He's only allowed shootout goals to TJ Oshie and Johnny Goodrow. That's it of all the players that he's faced. Not bad, right, Jeff? Is is Urson now the better goalie? That's a really good question. He seems to be getting more time uh, and they don't want to forget him. I, it seems like Hart is still their number one, mm-hmm. but it definitely gives you flexibility to have two very solid goaltenders when you're making these decisions about rebuilding the team because we've talked about even the young goaltenders that they have in the system too. I mean, Carter Hart, you wanted him to be the goalie for the next decade, but with the timeline that they have, and he's still very young, with the timeline they have, if somebody offered them just a haul send it you you take it you have and to you don't be point. upset about it. but it's got to it's got to be a real haul it's got to be a couple first round picks not in 2028 and 2029 they got to be around the corner kind of picks that's 25 a good young and see to me what the flyers are missing is a shot somebody who they don't have right now they have guys that can score they don't have a guy who can just go off which unfortunately you need is a what, sniper and yeah, that that's, that's what, the one thing right now that keeps them from going that keeps people from hope you need to find that sniper you need to get a star that's what people thought Gautier was and that's the problem is that people thought that that's what he would be so now they have to go find that but having a right-handed defenseman is kind of a unicorn in the nhl who will play on the power play his skating and his speed are, are his assets so we'll yes, see. but but do you know what the, the Flyers' big weakness is? The power, power play. play goals. For some reason, shorthanded, they got that under control. Power play goals, at, by, at the time that I was at that game last week, the Flyers were 30th in the NHL in power I think, play. I think they're down to 31st now. They fell, they fell another and, spot. And by the way, they were playing the team that was 32nd. Yeah. So, so it was the second somebody went on the power play, whoever went on the power play was at a disadvantage. Yeah, it's bad. Why don't we leave the hockey there? Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll be joined by our man Keith Pompey to talk some basketball. Stick with us. Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains. And the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, ELEC, puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm, and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work. All right. We are back, and we are, well, usually I'd say honored to be joined by... Philadelphia's own Keith Pompey. I, I debated how I'm going to introduce you today. Because what I could do is give you all the curtain crads that you deserve, which is you are now being honored next week by the Philadelphia Sports Writers Association. Congratulations. Who, me? Yeah, <laughs> you. I am, I am amazed that he started <laughs> with that, Keith. So I'm going to let you talk about it, but I am shocked he went there first. Yeah, I thought he was going to brag on Little Blue, but he's the only one. Nah, and uh, thanks. It's, you know, it, y'all, I like this is a this is kind of like the third year in a row that I was honored, and and the only reason why I'm bringing that up is because this one means the most to me because it's from my peers, it's from people in Philly, 
And and typically, um, you know, when you get a national award, you know, it's not based off what people your what you do day in and day out. It's based off of an article that someone read or or something like that. But to to receive this from, you know, the Philadelphia uh, Pro um, Philadelphia Sports Writers Association, it really means the world to me. It does because you can't trick those people, you know. So it means the world. But yeah, I'm 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 shocked too. I thought he was gonna, you know, brag about you know, his going to the University of Michigan, you know, and, and they finally won a big game, you know, things like that. So, I Well, look, gonna... look, the fact <laughs> is, is, is you're my, our favorite writer um, and you deserve this award. Uh, you're, you're incredible at what you do and, and we appreciate everything that you write and, and everything you do and the work that you put into stories. And, and obviously you deserve all the credit for that. Now that we he's, got that, I say, he's, way. Set, he's building no, no, up this. We he's, got it all out of the way now. He's <laughs> building up this transition, Keith. He built you up real big. Yeah. Uh, See, <laughs> as a friend, congratulations. As Thank a friend you. now, I also got to say, you gave me a ton of crap leading up to the Rose Bowl game and then leading up to the national championship. <laughs> you are not only a master writer, but a master trash talker. Oh, of course. <laughs> Especially when my team is trash. Right? So I have to I have to deflect. Yeah. But- that may that may be the most impressive part of your trash talk. Like you got nothing to trash talk about when it comes to look, I, along with you, Giants fans, we got nothing to brag about. <laughs> In fact, when the Giants win, it's actually to our own detriment. Exactly. And they keep doing. But it never slows you down. Like there is never a point where you sit there and go, you know what? My teams really suck. I should probably lay low this week. Not you. You keep going. <laughs> yeah. You know what? To be honest with you, and, and this is funny, like, you know, you guys, we're all all three of us are Facebook friends. It, it kind of, you know, doing that is kind of like a, a stress release. I mean, I hate to say it because, you know, your day is so busy with worrying about the Sixers and other things like that. So the little moment that I get and the little interaction that I get with people just laughing and joking, it, it kind of like lightens up the day a little bit. But now sometimes I feel like there are certain certain people who like they get offended by it. But I think for the most part, the joke is always on me because my team will probably lose, you know, get blown out by 30 points and the, and the Eagles will lose by a field goal. And I'm ripping the Eagles saying how trash they are, you know, things like that. So. The joke is always on me, you know. Just like when I talk about Little Blue and I and I rip on Mitch, I mean uh, Rutgers. Oh, oh, I mean, oh yeah. yeah. Go, no, but it's we all know like that pit is bad. <laughs> so, so the joke is always on me. So, and as an alum of Pitt as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know. You know, I like feel I mean, your pain. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and, and but it, this it week pains me to say that. Rutgers is out recruiting us in basketball now, which is which is crazy. Rutgers, you're you're gonna end Rutgers? up. Go, by the way, you're gonna end up going to the rack to see those two boys play. You absolutely will see Ace Bailey, and no, you're not gonna go. Me not. Me no have blank place. yeah, that's right. Look, it's a fun place to go. But finally, Rutgers is recruiting some real players. I'll let Jeff get back to Michigan, and then we'll get the Sixers. But I had to drop my Rutgers in there first. Exactly. I'm not going to belabor the point. We already had a whole half of the show where I got to smile and be happy. You you can say what you want, but right now, we're national champs. 
and I get a free yeah. meal at some point. So so yeah. I, I'm feeling. But pretty, you but you know go ahead. Cheating is winning though. Wait, winning. I mean, like you know, y'all like the Patriots. <laughs> I like the Patriots. So listen, man, y'all cheated. Wait, Yo, Jeff, you're, you're hold, so bad. Nick well, Saban had to retire. Hold, hold on, so you hold know, on. Uh, this this sweatshirt's being replaced by one that says "National Champ." Yeah, he would have so, had it already if they just, sold just gear you know. at the national championship. But wait a second, <laughs> Jeff, did you finally win a sports bet? Yeah, finally. About yeah. damn time. Yeah, Keith, did you? I got. I owe, him, I owe him dinner. I think we may go through this hot dog stand on Broad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll splurge and let them put some chili on it. On it. <laughs> all right. Well, 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 all right. So we've had our fun. Now, now, now let's get to what you're best at. Well, trash talking, you're pretty good at, but let's, <laughs> let's get to what you're best at. Jason, get ahead. Take it over. All right, Keith. I, I went down last Saturday night to the jazz game, uh, like 20 minutes before the game. I find out that Embiid's not playing his knee. This team's 23 and 13. Uh, they lost to the, the Hawks the other night without Embiid. Look, Maxie played well. They had a bunch of guys that played well. But, I mean, the first question I ask you, I got to ask you is, what's Embiid's health with this knee? Yeah, you know, it's funny because every time you talk to the coach, Nick Nurse, uh, well, yeah, we're hopeful. Today we're hopeful that he's going to play. And and then next thing you know, when the injury report is has to be official, it's, well, he, he's not playing. So, you know, the, the thing is, and, and you feel sorry for the coach because the coach is the one who is speaking. He's the only one speaking. So, you know, you want to say, come on, coach, what are you doing? Why are you lying? But he's the only one speaking. And because of HIPAA laws, you know, they get lawyered up. Joel could possibly sue him if they say something he doesn't want to say. So the thing is, I think Joel's like, he has to sustain an injury. He had to, you know, when you say left knee swelling, well, What's the cause of the swelling? And unfortunately, since they're not being as transparent as you want, you have to assume, could it be tendonitis? Could it be um, another ligament damage? You know, what 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 is it? There's other things that causes it. So uh, apparently it's serious enough for them to keep them out. Now we got to figure out what it is, but it's something. Because here's the thing, if you, you would factor in, if Joel could play, he would play. Now, this is what this is what the coach is saying. He said that the swelling went down, but they have to do the ramp up phase to get him back in shape. Now, my only question with that is, it's only been, what, less than a week, four or five days. So you, here you go. You have the Sixers. They played on Saturday. They were off until Wednesday. Well, what's the difference between Joel and the other two guys? Now, he didn't practice, but you're saying he didn't practice because he didn't ramp up. But the other guys, didn't practice the other days, right? And they were able to play, or they didn't practice Sunday and uh, Sunday and Monday. Some of them. so my my thing is, it's something serious. It's something to be um, concerned with. Now, again, could he return on Monday? Yes, he could. But but at the same time, I think it will be hard for us to figure if he has a messed up knee that he's going to be able to play Monday and Tuesday. So that's the question. Like I do expect him back. But this is something is not like a normal rest. There's something has to be really wrong with his knee for it to continue to keep bothering. Well, in the meantime, you have a really good Kings team coming in here tonight. What are the Sixers going to do without Embiid? How do how do they get through this? And do they have a shot of winning this game? Not play great you know, defense recently without him. That's for damn sure. 
Say it again. I'm sorry. You said he looked bad no. without him. Yeah, I mean, it's just guys wide open. You know, you know, it's different when you're there, and I don't get down for that many games. So I saw the Jazz game, and there were just guys open all over the transition game. The, I mean, I don't know what Mo Bamba's doing out on the court sometimes out there. So it just, what are they going to do? It looks like struggle and hope Maxi pulls it out for him. Well, the amazing yeah, part of all this is Jason's gone so crazy over it. He's sitting there munder, muttering under his breath as we're trying to have a conversation. <laughs> oh, God, that's frustrating. Yeah. He goes again. Do your best to make him feel better about tonight's game. Um, Here's the thing. The, the thing, um, I'm a little concerned about tonight's game, but tonight's game is also one of those games where they win, right? I mean, let's look at the Sixers. Whenever we think that they're going to lose, you know, like the – is when they pull it out. I, I think for the Sixers to win this game, um, and I'm going to take Maxie out of it, I think Nick Batum has to have a big game. I do. Because, you know, you look at Nick Batum, his length's versatility, he's their best defender, right? He's their best defender. Um, so Nick Batum, right now what they need is, um, is De'Aaron Fox is a guy who's lighting teams up. I think that Nick Batum is going to have to guard him, right? Now, well, if we see something, if you guys saw what I saw in the Atlanta Hawks game, they basically took the ball ball handling duties out of Maxie's hands. He did it at some point, but it was Tobias Harris. It was Tobias Harris from two seasons ago when Ben Simmons was holding out, where they initiated the offense from Tobias. He had a good game. You know, he struggled down the stretch a little bit in regards to converting shots. But I feel like in order for them to win, Nick Batoon is going to have to hit some shots now. But he's also going to have to do a great job on De'Aaron Fox. Maybe they may put, maybe because he's a little smaller, they, they may put the Anthony Melton on him. But I think Nick Batoon is going to have to have a solid two-way game. Tobias Harris is going to have to be able to quarterback the gym. Um, you know, and, and because I think that this is a tough, Sabonis is the real deal. Like Sabonis is that all-star center that people just don't talk about at all. And, and like, he's typically has some pretty good games against Embiid in the past, right? But Sabonis is going to play well. I think De'Aaron Fox is going to play well. And they have a lot of other guys in the gym. This is the team out of Atlanta, out of Utah. This is the one team that I would have said that the Sixers had no chance of beating without Embiid. Now look at it, knowing the Sixers, they're probably going to be able to play well without him. So to me, it's going to be it's going to come down to Nick Batum and Tobias Harris. You know, I'm curious about Tobias Harris. Uh, you've written about him a lot. Uh, he's he's kind of had an up and down year. He's he's had a like streaky where he's slumped for a little bit and then he's played well. Do you think putting the ball in his hand more helps him to go one way or the other? And what does that do for the long term with this team possibly having him? running point as opposed to Maxi, would that happen if Embiid's there or is that just a necessity with him not there? I think it's a necessity with him not there. I think that when Embiid's there, like if we look at Maxi, is he a real point guard? I mean, is he, is he's becoming one, but I think that when, what you need is you want to free, excuse me, free up opportunities for Maxi to get downhill. You want somebody else initiating the offense, right? Now, when you have Embiid there, he's clogging up the space. He's doing a lot of things. He's drawing attention. Well, that enables Maxi to do stuff. 
But let's face it, when Embiid's not there and Maxi has the ball in his hands, guys are blitzing them. They're doing all types of things. They're taking him out of his game. So by you having Tobias Harris there right now, what it does is it incorporates him more in the offense, right? Because he's the initiator of the offense, but is also freeing Maxi up. When Embiid comes back, I don't. They're not going to do that. They're just not. Um, you know, it's all going to go back to the way it was and. Tobias is going to have to find ways to get touches and and be more aggressive. But, you know, the last couple games, guys have just been easy to take Maxi out of his game. Like right now, he's a great player, an ascending player. But without Embiid on the floor and him having the ball, it's easy. The Sixers are became extremely easy to defend. You know, Tobias continues to be inconsistent. There are days where he looks like the player that that might be worth what he's getting paid. And then there are days he just looks lost. Um, I don't think that's going to change at this point in his career. Do you think that he'll be here come trade deadline? I think it depends on what they, what what state the Sixers are in. And it also depends on what you can get for him. Like if you can get somebody better for him, yeah, I think, I think he's gone. But – if you're going to get someone and you're just getting rid of Tobias' contract and this is a player that – a lesser ilk, so to speak, and, you know, you don't have long-term plans, no. I mean, I, I think it depends on where the Sixers are. The problem is, like, right now for a third option or, or fourth option or whatever you want to use it as, I don't know if you take the salary out of it, are you going to be able to get somebody better? I, I don't see it. I just don't. Now, if you upgrade the roster, of course. See, the problem with Tobias, like we say, inconsistent, you know, he has to be more aggressive. He has to be aggressive at all times. You know, like you look at Kelly Uber, right? So when they first start playing, they were playing where everybody was sharing the ball. Tobias and Kelly were getting threes. They were knocking them down at a high rate. They were both scoring 20-something points. Well, when – Kelly goes out and they start utilizing that two-man game. Think about when Kelly came back. All of a sudden, I didn't know Kelly Oubre could dunk the ball the way he could. He was grabbing offensive rebounds, taking it back up, whereas Tobias was still in the corner waiting for the ball to come to him. So it, it was up to Tobias to become aggressive, and he did that for a little bit, right? But he has to continue to do that, and he has to realize that I got to create my own offense. And then part of Tobias's uh, problem is I think he's a little bit too too uh, team too much of a team guy there are times where Tobias will pass up a good shot to have an opponent great shot but it's some of the times where he has to get his own self involved Kelly doesn't have that problem so therein lies the problem with Tobias Harris and then we say you know he's too inconsistent but he's too inconsistent because he needs to be more aggressive in my opinion Jeff you know, we mentioned the trade deadline. It's coming up February 8th. It, it's the first time in a while the Sixers actually have flexibility. They have expiring contracts. They have salary cap. They, you know, they have lots of things. Is it better to try and make those moves in season or to wait till after the season to kind of reshape your team? And, and I guess I'll preface that by, is that all just guided by Embiid's health? Two things is guided by MB's health and is also guided by uh, the maturation of Maxi. Now, here's the thing: if if MB's health is 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 shot and it looks like the guy has an injury, right? Um, it looks like they can't win without. 
I don't know if I'm trying to make a, a wholesale trade now to bring in somebody unless I'm trading them for Embiid and talking about we're going on for the future. And then that's the only way you're going to get something. Like, I don't think like you go out there and you get someone and you're making these wholesale changes and it's kind of like uh, altering what you have. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, at the end of the year, we got to start all over again. You, 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 does that make sense to you? I, I just don't see it. I feel like right now, like, but I feel like if you feel like um, you got Embiid and Embiid is going to come back and you got a chance to win, then, yeah, you will make some changes to get you to where you need to be. Right now, I don't see them making a trade that's going to help them. As long as Embiid's hurt, I don't think they're going to go far in the playoffs. I just don't. So with that being said, you might as well hold off until next summer to see if you can get the people you want. Another thing is with Kawhi Leonard signing this deal, then we're going to see if, if Paul George is going to sign something with the Clippers, what's going to happen. You're going to say to yourself, what's the free agent market? You know what I mean? What's the free agent market? Now, here's a guy to bring up, Pascal Siakam, right? A lot of people like him. They think that he could be a great fit for him. But do the Sixers have the pieces that are going to, that are going to facilitate that deal? And then also you got to ask yourself, how does getting the Pascal Siakam impact Tyrese Maxey's maturation? So as much as everybody is hyping up this free agent market and hyping up these trades, I don't know if they're the right players right now to, to fit in. I think OG, Ojanobi was a great guy, mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, he's going to the Knicks. So I don't really, I mean, he went to the Knicks. I don't really know if there's a player out there for the Sixers to get to say that's going to get the Sixers over the hump this year and next year in free agency. I just don't see it. You know, people keep talking about players from the Bulls. I, I don't see anybody from the Bulls that, that is going to complement Maxi and Embiid and improve the team that much. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was the one guy's name. Zach, um, Zach Levine. Not Zach Levine. I, I think Zach Levine is, I, I think he's the type of player that he can help you out, but I, I think that he's going to stand in the way of Maxi's growth. Right. DeMar DeRozan, I don't even know if DeMar would want to come here. Like, you know, I, I just don't, you know, I, I don't see it. I mean, he would help out, but I don't see it. But the guy who I'm talking about that I would love to see in the Sixers uniform if I was the Sixers is Alec, Alex Caruso. You know what I mean? Like, I like what he brings. I like the defense. I think he's a good shooter. He's a quality player. But again, he's one of those guys that's a role player that can help your team out. But again, if you don't have a healthy Embiid and, and things like that, why are you going to go get him? Because Alex Caruso, believe it or not, he has the most trade value of anybody on the on on the on the Bulls because he's the type of guy. He's a winning player. He won a championship with the Lakers. You know, he he does he makes winning plays. He's a good guy. But even with that being said, do the Sixers have enough to go get him? You know, that's the question mark. Um, because he's a good player. But again, he's the only one on the Bulls that I think that could help him. But but, but at what cost? Because you know other people are going to want to come get him. We just have a couple minutes left in the show. I did want to ask you, you had a great story this week about Marcus Morris, uh, his ties to Philadelphia. He got the key to the city this week. Just talk about him. I mean, he's been more on the court than I ever expected. Uh, but learning what he does off the court is very impressive. Yeah, he's a, you know what, the thing about Marcus Morris, um, I've known him since he was in, what, the 11th grade, him and his brother. Uh, they 
they were, it was funny because, you know, when I was a high school writer, we joked that I covered six McDonald's All-Americans in seven years as the high school writer covering high school basketball. I thought they you were, were going to say you went to six different McDonald's. Forget. <laughs> I went to way more than six back then. I haven't, you know, I haven't eaten McDonald's in like four years, though. It's crazy, but um, but uh, maybe if they gave me some money, maybe I would. But, you know. <laughs> but anyway, but but so he and his brother were like not even close to being it. I mean, they just were guys from North Philly. They were good basketball players, but they didn't come with a lot of hype. And when you look at their careers and how long they lasted in the NBA, this is their 13th season. I mean, and you look at some of those other guys who were rated higher than them, who have already retired and done other things, you have to praise them. But the one thing that I like about him and his brother are that they never lost sense of who they are. And, you know, they stumbled and they fell. They made bad mistakes in their careers early on. Um, that guys do, but they never lost lost faith um, and they never lost like a sense of self. They represent North Philly. They're proud of it, but they're also the type of guys that regardless of your race, um, your ethnicity or anything, people welcome them and people accept them and, and they're polite and they get along with everyone. So for him to get the key to the city on Thursday in Philadelphia, you know, I was I was I was I was honored. I was happy for him. And I was a little upset that I didn't get to go because I, I made I was supposed to fly in and go to it and do all types of things. And my flight got delayed and delayed and delayed and I missed it. And I'm 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 upset about it because I wanted to see this guy be honored because, you know, I wanted to uh, I, I feel like it was huge for the city to do that. And me saying this, like, I think that the Sixers, you know, he's a guy that they could trade to make something. And I think that it would be a huge uh, disjustice or a huge mistake by Daryl Morey to trade this guy because he is Philly true and true and he can play. And I, and I feel like that he's someone that they need to keep on in the fold moving forward as opposed to using as a trade chip. The, and, and what you just said about Morris and, and about how you couldn't be there is what we'll be saying when you get your key to the city about how offended we're going to be when we don't get to go. So, so you better make sure that if we're still on the air, that we're front and center cheering you on. And of course, giving the big speech to introduce you. He's just trying to get something better than a hot dog for his <laughs> victory. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to give him some relish and some onions now. <laughs> He's trying hard. Along man. With chili. <laughs> nah. uh, Keith, we joke a lot, but, uh, but we want you to know that there's nobody more knowledgeable, nobody more professional and nobody that does more of a service to this city by writing the stories that you write. And we want to thank you. Hey, I, I appreciate you. I really do. I really do. I appreciate, you know, y'all for having me on here. And, um, you know, I'm, I always joke about Little Blue and, and, and Rutgers and all everything. But, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I feel honored to come on here. And I wish I was on here more, but it is. I understand you guys are busy. But it, but the thing is, when um, you get the key to the city, we'll have you on more. All right, <laughs> I'm about to call the mayor. And like you, look, you lady, can come on. You better give me the key. <laughs> I gotta come on with Jeff and Jason. You, Moore. you, you can come on anytime. We just know how valuable your time is, and, and yeah. you, we, right. we would have we would have you on every day that we're on the air if we could. Trust me. Yeah. All right. Is that is that Michigan sweatshirt new? No, this one's not. But the one that says National Champs is on its way. They didn't have the gear uh, available at the stadium. He was already yeah. They, they had crap gear the at the stadium, so. uh 
So we all we all went back to our hotel rooms and ordered online. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. I guess that's we're, what I guess that's what happens when your team wins, Keith. We don't really know anything about that. <laughs> I, I assure, look, you if you'll wear it. Oh man, would I love to see you walking around in a Michigan national championship? What big blue? Yep. Uh, oh no. Should I cut it off before you have to answer, Keith? <laughs> no, he, he says on the air that he'll wear it. That it's then he'll get it. <laughs> I mean, if you give me one, I'll wear it. All right, there you go, Jeff. Yeah, I, I wear yeah. a Michigan. You know what? You know what'll happen. There needs we'll to be that mugged in Detroit. There, there needs we'll to go be. to that hot dog stand, and he'll accidentally drop some ketchup and mustard all over the all, national all the, championship. All down logo. the front of it. Yeah, stay in the. <laughs> no, you know what? I, I, I wear. I mean, you know, as a kid growing up, everybody. Li- I mean, I like Michigan. I mean, you know, as a kid growing up, but mm-hmm. but I loved like Anthony Carter. Um, you know, I loved. Believe it or not. The, the coach was one of my favorite quarterbacks. He was a really good quarterback. People forget about that. He was you he know, was the runner up for the Heisman. Huh? He was the runner up for the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, he was he was really good. It, um, and then you know it, it just seemed like as he got older, you start saying, "Oh, this guy's a little different." I, I don't want to cut <laughs> no, this. It, that didn't come with age. He was I, always. Like, I don't want to cut oh, this really? off. But oh yeah, I, I've had enough Michigan <laughs> love this season. That's all I can put up with. Keep Pompey. We'll look forward to following you at Pompey on Sixers. Read you in the choir. Thanks so much, man. All right, you Rutgers hater. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy. Always fun to get Keith on. Any final thoughts, Jeff? You you get one more moment. Not only was he worth the compliment, but it detracted him from taking one more shot at Michigan. That that is true. You're going to have to tell me how the hot dogs were. That will that will have to become. Oh, I'm so uh, looking forward to that pricey meal. Oh, I I can't wait to hear about it. Just congratulations on winning your first sports bet. Thanks so much so for joining well. us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye bye.